there are other people going through the same thing and you just needed to like make those connections. Uh, you don't have to act like everything's perfect all the time. Um, it's a crazy ride and there's ups and downs. So you want to have a community there to celebrate the ups and be there for you and help you problem solve or, or even just be like, it's okay, stop freaking out or not even stop freaking out, like freak out, vent yeah. and move on because you got this. Like. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you will see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Welcome back to Let's Thrive the Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels. And today, we have another Emily joining us on the pod. But before I get to that, I guess just to give a little update on life, I am settled into Austin, Texas. Well, I guess settled in (laughs) is a loose term, considering, you know, furniture is still coming in at random times, the place is still a little empty looking, but overall, I just... I feel really at ease. You know, I, I like the area. I like the vibe. I like the energy. Um, now it's just about like finding my own routine and I think settling in in that sense, if you know what I mean. Um, for instance, now, like I am recording this intro kind of late at night. It's 9.40 p.m. and I'm in my closet because I just haven't found my podcasting routine yet, you know? Uh, it's a work in progress over here, friends, but anyway, so that's that's my life update. That's for this Emily, and the other Emily that is on the show today is truly a light. Now, as you guys know from previous episodes, I love to highlight the wonderful founders and creatives and entrepreneurs behind brands that I love and many of you love because, I mean... These women, so far they've all been women, are truly amazing. They always have a story to share about why they created this product. And I I think that's neat, you know? They either needed it once and couldn't find it, or they just overall really love it and have a personal tie to it. And so it was so neat to connect and chat with Emily of Little Bucks. And you can find them on Instagram if you're curious what we're talking about here. It's at love Lil Bucks, like L-O-V-E-L-I-L-B-U-C-K-S. Anyone else stumble when you try to like spell things out loud? <laughs> I always swear I'm spelling it wrong. Anyway, uh, these products are actually unreal. And hearing how Emily got the idea and then executed it to create Lil Bucks was just very, very fascinating to me. I mean, it started in Australia, as you'll hear her explain, and I think overall chatting with her, listening to her story, it really shows the morals and the ethics and the purpose behind the brand, uh, behind what Emily does, and just, you know, that type of stuff matters, at least to me. You know, I want to support people and brands and products that have good intention behind them, good morals, good ethics, Not to mention, Emily was just a blast to chat with. Um, We just really connected, like we hit it off. We recorded before I moved to Austin actually, and 
she was, we talked a bit before recording and she was just such a hype woman for me. Like I had all these fears about embarking on such a crazy adventure and she had so much just like insight and I don't know, she really hyped me up and reminded me of the great growth and experience to come from this entire thing. And you know, I appreciated it then and I, I still do. Now, as I mentioned before, Emily does share about her travels to Australia, which is what started this all, as you'll hear, uh, and we also touch base on what it means to eat intuitively and sort of balance that with holistic health, which are two things that she practices in her own life and her business, uh, you know, and overall, like, just there's a lot of things that come up that I didn't even realize we would talk about. Uh, that's what I love. Like, I we went into this and I was like, hey let's just talk about whatever comes up and another thing that came up was like adaptogens and uh, how to use them which is always a good topic and how she uses them in her own products as well as the comparison trap in business Uh, and then actually on the note of business we do dive into that a bit and even if you're not in business I think this is an interesting thing to listen to and consider I mean Emily shares what it's like to be a female entrepreneur in this space and the challenges and obstacles that pop up and, you know, the ways in which she overcame those hiccups in in the plan, Uh, which sounds cliche, but it's true, you know, and I, I love hearing about that type of thing because overall, like, she's a badass entrepreneur, we can all be badass humans overall, uh, so just big love for her and Little Bucks and all of you listening, you know, you're all, you're all badass humans too. Uh, so if you are curious though, what little bucks are and what the health benefits are, you're here thinking like, what the hell are we talking about? Um, look them up on Instagram. You will see right away these sprouted buckwheat seeds, crunchy, full of flavor, wholesome, just like what's not to love. And around the 35 minute mark, I believe, uh, you can hear all about the products and the benefits of these tasty little like bites and clusters and uh, I mean what's not to love once more so tag us if you listen maybe even eat a bowl with some little bucks sprinkled on top while listening who knows get crazy show us the love <laughs> Emily and Lil Bucks are on IG at love Lil Bucks tagged below and I'm on there at Emily Feichels. I'll also link their site so you can check it out and order some for yourself. And remember that just as you can support businesses by buying their products, you can support this podcast by leaving a quick, just oh so quick, rate and review down below or wherever the option is for you. It only takes a minute or two and means oh so much for the show. Uh, so I just appreciate you listening. I appreciate it if you leave a rate and review. Really appreciate it if you share it online or with friends, family. Let's spread the word of let's thrive the podcast and build this community, eh? So without further ado, let's begin. Well, we were just talking for quite a bit. We have a lot <laughs> semi in common. And part of what you brought up is that, you know, once it was sort of that college time in your life, you were in Chicago and then you were in Australia and you know considering what we're talking about today you your business little bucks and everything 
it all started in Australia. And so I want to hear a bit about that story. You know, why were you in Australia? What were you doing there? And just sort of how did this all really begin for you? Yeah, I mean, it is really amazing how you're talking about moving to Austin. And I think you just can have so many expansive experiences and that moving to Sydney was that for me. I'm from the Midwest, um, from Chicago, went to school in Indiana, back to Chicago. And so I was really craving just like a new challenge and a completely new environment. So I got a marketing job there and I was living down there like completely different lifestyle because it's all about where like Chicago is about, you know, the urbanness and city and uh, going to cool restaurants and stuff. Australia is just about like bringing a picnic to the beach and like just doing everything outside. So active, like really beautiful food scene, warm. So it was just heaven. And that's where I had literally had a life-changing acai bowl that was so good because um, it had sprouted buckwheat seeds on the bowl. And that's, I became so obsessed with the sprouted buckwheat seeds. I never had them in America. And I thought maybe it was just like, oh, I live in the Midwest and we just didn't get these cool superfoods. Um, but quickly realized it was used in all these like granolas and cereals in Australia and restaurants were using it and desserts and salads and toasts and smoothies or like these crunchy sprouted little seeds. And I was like, what the heck? And just started eating them every day and then realized no one in America is really promoting this superfood that has health and soil benefits. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll come back and build this company. I also had a long distance relationship with a guy who is now my fiance in Chicago. So we met five months before I moved to Australia, which was such a pickle. Um, but yeah, obviously it worked out. <laughs> oh, so, I love that. Yeah and be with this guy and um start this buckwheat brand so here we are oh I love that and how long ago was that um I moved there in 2016 and was there for about a year and moved back in 2017 I also studied abroad in Australia in college so I had connections and friends there so my Australian friends always make fun of me because they're like you keep coming back you just want to be an Australian is not entirely false. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to be an Australian? I I would definitely sign up for that. <laughs> it's literally so embarrassing because I'm so predictable in how much I love Australian culture and vibes. I, I'm a graphic designer, so like I designed the packaging and branding for Little Bucks and wanted to bring in like the Sydney blues. I just saw blue and bright beautiful colors and lushness everywhere, so I wanted to bring that into the brand. But even like I was at TJ Maxx the other day and walked, I was not shopping for dresses. I have no need for a new dress. And um, I walked by a dress and I'm like, wow, that dress has all the vibes and the colors. And I just love it. And walked past it and then went back to it. And I'm like, I'm going to check out this dress. And of course it's an Australian label. Like I just can't get away from it. It's really obnoxious. <laughs> it's a sign. <laughs> You're meant to go back. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah. I, I do like frequent because then I did digital nomad stuff for a while because once I quit my job in Australia and started making my way back to the U.S., I realized I could start 
doing digital marketing and graphic design consulting to have flexibility to start little bucks. And then I could work from places like Bali and Central America, um, which is pretty cheap to live in, but obviously really lovely. So it was a cool experience. No, I mean, that's, I mean, so many people are discovering that now with COVID times, you know, just like the flexibility. Exactly. Yeah. How nice it is to be able to work from home, do anything digital. Um, So yeah, you're just on the early, early edge of that. (laughs) Yeah. I was always kind of like obnoxious at my first few jobs. Always like, I could do this from anywhere. Like, why do I have to be in this desk? Or I'm productive at different times. So it was just hard to like, fit into the prescribed like this is when you work and this is when you feel productive um and then I went to the other end and ran my own company and that I worked too much so now we're finding balance in the middle <laughs> somewhere somewhere in there yeah um, well I am curious you know going back to being in Australia and trying these buckwheat seeds right for the first time mm-hmm. uh were you like health conscious or were you just like open to trying any food and these as you know I can never say it. Aside bowls, I always say it wrong. Um, were you just like open to eating healthy foods? Were you health conscious? Um, just because, you know, I, I think Australia does have a good scene for that, but I'm just curious, you know, if you kind of stumbled into it, or if you were already more so looking for the health health alternatives. I was, I've always been interested in health alternatives. So in high school, I was, um, very serious soccer player and ate really intuitively naturally which I'm really grateful for uh like I stopped eating pasta in high school and I'm half Italian so it doesn't really make sense um I'm like the worst Italian ever but yeah just stopped eating it because it didn't feel good so just kind of stuff like that um and really was drawn to foods that felt light and were digestible and gave me energy and made me feel full but back in the day like I mean I come from just like a very standard American family standard American diet uh my mom like tried to cook healthy but we weren't like by any means like eating crazy hippie health foods definitely not um so even like when I started discovering health foods it would be stuff like quest bars um which are like maybe made of not trying to hate on things but like those are ingredients I would consume now but Mm -hmm. I was like oh wow like a low carb like high protein bar that makes me feel good like that's interesting um and then learning more and more so when I moved to Australia I was definitely interested in health foods I had it on an acai bowl because I love smoothies um I've always loved smoothies I just love like the cold texture with like you know a crunchy granola or something on top is like my dream and because it's like ice cream to me Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. I love ice cream. Um, I just feel better when you eat smoothies. But um, yeah, so it just was like, oh, and anything that like tastes good and is healthy for you, like I'm still obnoxious. Like I'm not, we went out to eat last night and there was like a bunch of, we got these roasted beets and they were really good, but I still kind of have to like force myself to eat them. Like beets are good for you, Emily, eat the beets. So I'm really like, don't want to sacrifice taste when it comes naturally, when it comes to eating healthy food. So that's why I was so blown away by that. And then of course, now I've started a health food brand and every year get more and more into um, different foods. Like I started personally experimenting with adaptogens and found some that really 
helped me when I was in like a really stressful place with my work. And then we ended up coming out with a product line, Cluster Bucks, that are adaptogenic buckwheat clusters. So like bringing the love of that into our products. So actually the products we've rolled out are very much a personal reflection of my like health journey with food, um, which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like sometimes that's the best way to go because you have such like passion, you know, it's like, I'm creating this because it's something I needed, I still need. And um, I think that's like what I love about like just this entire concept is because it's such a whole food product, right? Like it's just, Mm -hmm. and you know, I, we talk a lot on this podcast about disordered eating and diet culture and how, you know, similar to what you said, you shouldn't sacrifice or like be so unhappy because you're not letting yourself eat this food or that food, like eat what makes you feel good, eat what makes your soul happy, you know, find your own balance. But I just love, you know, for those times when you do just want like whole foods and you know what feels good for your body, like Little Bucks is such a great option for that because similar to you, like I love crunchy stuff, you know, like I love putting things on smoothie bowls or on toast, whatever it is, that bite, that flavor, that texture. And it can be hard because it's like, you know, there's granola, there's nuts, whatever it is, but this is just like such a new, unique, like one of a kind idea. I just, I'm so fascinated. And especially with the adaptogens, like what was your experience, I guess, with the adaptogens? Like, were there any in specific that helped you? I I just always love learning about those. Yeah, definitely. And I just love everything you're saying there. And you need to go to Australia because even as I dive more into building this brand, I'm so inspired by their holistic food culture. Like Mm -hmm. they're really like everyone I met there is just more into like, you know, not limiting yourself, eating, you know, intuitively and what makes you feel good, but not saying like, oh, if you want that ice cream cone, like you're not going to die. Like it's something you should enjoy and not punish yourself for. So uh, you would just love their their food culture is so beautiful. Oh my, I'm getting there as soon as possible. It's yeah, like once we can travel. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I should probably try traveling to new places, but I'm like I want to go back to Australia. But anyways, adaptogens. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first one I tried a few, um, but the two that really stuck out to me uh, were reishi and ashwagandha. So I started using um, a really nice ashwagandha in my smoothies in the morning. And I think it just really, I know there needs to be more studies on um, specifically how it like reacts with your, you know, cells and adrenal system and all that. But I think with my energy levels and stress, I genuinely felt so much more calm after putting, consistently putting a teaspoon of ashwagandha in my smoothies in the morning. And that opened me up to like, cause I was, I'm not like a skeptical person, but I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like I eat healthy, but you know, if something is a bit woo woo, I'm like, Hmm, like, does it actually work? I mean, I'm down with it, but like, I don't know if it actually works, but I'm like, this actually works. Like I genuinely felt so much better after consistently consuming ashwagandha and soon after started adding reishi and then doing like a cacao reishi, um, little like elixir at night to wind down um and it just I mean it blew me away the plant medicine so I started reading more about adaptogens in general um started taking lion's mane in the morning too 
and incorporating them in every kind of way I can. Um, even, I don't know if you've tried made by cookies. They're based in um, so. California. We just had a nice uh, chat. Their founder, Sydney, is like literally, I think she had a really terrible health problem. Like, I don't want to quote, quote the story, but it's like cancer or something. And he helped heal her body with adaptogens. So there's just crazy things that need to be unlocked with these plants. Um, and I'm really excited. I literally had, I mentioned her though, cause I had one of their adaptogenic cookies for breakfast this morning and I feel great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Cookies for breakfast. Who, who I know. <laughs> no, but yeah. And I love what you said there about, like, I always tell people, cause once more, like on the show, we talk a lot about um, like some more woo-woo topics and the way I go into it is I'm always like just keep an open mind like mm-hmm. the same goes with trends right like don't just go into something blindly thinking like this is this is everything this is going to heal me whatever it is like I, I think like it's healthy to have a little bit of skepticism going into something can you hear my dog barking in the background yeah but I I like dogs okay <laughs> uh, everyone listening does too hopefully but um <laughs> Um, oh my God, he won't stop. But anyway, yeah, I think it's healthy to go into things with a little bit of skepticism because then it just like leaves you, it allows you to then form your own opinion on it. Like for you, you were able to actually see like, wow, these are helping me. I, you know, I want to try these more. And I think that's, you know, oh my, hold on one second. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) I'm home. Uh, he's cute, but when I'm, you know, when no one else is home or around, he always takes advantage. You're like, to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just stop. Um, yeah. But yeah. but yeah, so adaptogens, a little bit of skepticism. It's all a good blend to have. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think it does go back to following your own intuition and mm. being open to these things. And even sometimes like when somebody like, oh, that woo-woo stuff doesn't work. I'm like, if it's helping people and it works with their wellness routine and like helps center them and, you know, make them feel more connected to their body, make them feel better, make them feel calmer, who's to hate? And there are studies that show that adaptogens, certain adaptogens do like affect you at a hormonal level. And I Mm -hmm. think especially as women, they're, we are learning more and more about that every year. So I'm a big fan of it. Um, I think I hope that there's more of a marriage between uh, traditional medicine and Eastern medicine because there's stuff that we can learn from both and that are both important. Um, so I, I don't like when people just discount it because it seems woo-woo or because it didn't work for them. Like for me, uh, like what's in a, like for ashwagandha I've read can work with people that just have different like metabolism levels. So I have like mm-hmm. a really... I'm a high energy person, fast metabolism. And I think maybe paired with anxiety I had from the business, it just really clicked with me, but it might not be the one that really works. But I usually say, or not I usually say, cause I'm not the expert, but I've read that generally, if you're trying to incorporate a new adaptogen in your life, A, make sure it's a good source. Like you can trace it and then using it for about a month to so it's in your body long enough to have the effects and see if it works and if not try something else but yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I mean to to each their own and 
self-exploration <laughs> with adaptogens. I love it, but um, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I know going into the business side of things a bit more, I know you've mentioned a few times here, like intuition, and obviously we've just discussed like, you know, woo woo spirituality, everyone has their own take on it. But when it comes to, you know, you mentioned that you, you've just always sort of known how to eat intuitively when it comes to the business though, do you feel like you have some sort of intuition with it or just that, that like gut feeling that has helped you at any point along this process? Yes, my intuition has definitely helped, especially in the ideation and growing the business and the products, the marketing, the brand, the communication and learning more. I've just had this, first of all, gut feeling that like I needed to like possession that I needed to bring this superfood to the U.S. and share it with others. Um, and that commitment has never wavered, even though there's been like a lot of crazy things happen. Like, you know, like we launched into Whole Foods, which was such a dream in the pandemic. Like that's been really challenging because we're finally entering the big leagues of retail and the playbook that once worked just doesn't exist anymore. So it's totally crazy. So as I've grown and now we are starting to with some exciting launches coming up and starting to, you know, realize like we can make this a big national brand that has reach in households across America. It's so exciting. Um, but there are things that I'm not intuitively good at, like finance and planning and logistics, like naturally horrible, horrible, horrible. Um, so many funny stories of just me making things a lot more challenging than they needed to be because I didn't plan or my brain just doesn't my brain gets from point A to point B in a very different path than what logistically makes sense. Um, so I've had to like learn a lot there and lean on others. So talking to other entrepreneurs, I'm talking to people that have, um, you know, different skill sets than me. I haven't brought on a full-time teammate yet, but we're looking to do that soon. But I even just brought on an advisor who grew a, he's already, founded a couple really big food companies um so obviously great experience but he's totally an operations finance guy and sometimes I get annoyed talking to him because I'm like it's not what I want to hear and it's boring and you know it's frustrating me because it just doesn't come as easily but then you know I take in that information and I'm actually digest it and you know think about it from my own intuition what I want for the business and and able to marry it up with stuff that maybe I don't know as well as, and have that intuition um, and married up with like my own vision and what I want to bring into the brand. And it ultimately ends up working, but there's definitely like a lot of stretching and growing um, in the areas that I'm not as good with. And it can be hard to admit you know, like, I don't understand this, I'm not good at this, or I need help with this. Um, especially like, you know, I can imagine as, as someone who you were able to take that idea and really like hold true to your commitment to, I'm bringing this to America and then building a business out of it. Like, I can imagine it would be hard to admit that, you know, and like really say, I don't get this. I, I need help. And I'm curious, like, was it hard for you to make that decision to outsource on things like those? Or, you know, once you admitted, 
I don't want to do this part of the business? Like, was it easy to then ask for that help? Really interesting. Cause I think for a while, especially in the early days and being like a creative person myself, the intuition gets you so far and still will like every day you need to understand your why and you know, where does your drive for your project or whatever it is come from, um, which I do. And in the early days, especially starting the brand, um, you know, it was low, you know, we were mostly local. It was like the stakes weren't that high, um, but now that we're starting to make decisions that like, if I choose to go launch into this region or bring on this person, you know, I'm starting to like get to the point where my decisions have much larger impact on the future of the business and um, ultimately achieving like the goal of making buckwheat a national superfood that is grown more in the U.S., great for soil health and all that. So the pressure is like a little bit more intense. So I didn't, for a while in the early days, especially when I was like, could rely on my own intuition and my skill set comfortably I didn't bring on people and I probably could have at some points earlier because I just did everything myself and then got so stressed out working like 80 hours a week and completely burned out and very burnt out like barely did anything for a month after and like couldn't even think or use my brain and that's where I started when I started like getting back into working again like started using adaptogens and trying to be really con conscious of how I spend my energy and being more organized and realizing like you can't do everything you need to build the community around you of people that balance out your skill sets and even like I'm like oh I'm a great marketer that's my background but like I'm even thinking about I've been talking to a lot of people in marketing and like there's almost that ego around it being my thing so no one else can do it and it's my brand so no one else can do it but that's just not the case and you're never gonna unless you do want it to be a small thing or whatever, I think building a community and a team is so important. So kind of had to get over that. And I think as women, we don't ask for help as much anyways. So, and people are very willing to help. And what's the worst that can happen is that someone says no. Yeah. <laughs> like even now um, I'm fundraising and that's a whole world that, I never understood, um, but now it's important. <laughs> and it's just such an awkward thing to like approach people cold and be like, hey, want to invest in my business? But I mean, you don't say it like that, but, but essentially, and you think about, I had a conversation with another female entrepreneur and she's like, you just got to ask, like, what would a guy do? What would a dude do? He would just, you know, ask, he doesn't care. Like says no, move on, doesn't matter. And I was like, okay, so I kind of like try to embody that mindset and just be like just go for it ask a lot of people are gonna say no a lot of people won't reply but some people will and they'll be impressed <laughs> yeah I mean I was talking with Ali you know from uh Queen and Co the granola butter and oh, she said love them. just got my blueberry butter in the mail yesterday oh, I saw Fair. their pumpkin spice just sold out unfortunately <laughs> yeah. yeah but um but yeah she said yeah. something very similar where when they were making calls to get into certain retailers or stores or such, she would just get such a different response versus if, you know, 
her, Eric, you know, her yeah. partner called or something. Yeah. And even had a few, yeah, like comments made to her about like not comments necessarily, but words used that were definitely implied of like, you're a woman and this is what, you know what I mean? Like there was just a lot of, I don't know, not a lot, but some sort of friction there. And I, I think it's, it's so, crazy. yeah, it's so beyond crazy to me of like what you said, like, what would a guy do in that situation? They wouldn't even think about it. They would just go out fundraise for their business. But like, as women, there's this pressure to like, be, you know, like be the people pleaser and be humble. And I just can't imagine, like, it must be hard to go out there and market and promote like that. Um, you know, and with something like fundraising too, I imagine. Oh, it's been such a learning curve, both, you know, from just the ins and outs of how fundraising even works, but just personal growth in that aspect, because it is, you know, it's scary and you don't necessarily like a lot of entrepreneurs, we don't know what we're doing. We just that we got into it with this idea and like we have a certain skill set but like do, I don't know anything about manufacturing food or logistics or like putting in distributors and like getting it stores like this is not anything and I'm 28 years old like what I have no experience with this and when I was looking for we were looking for someone to help process our buckwheat so they have to have the certain like manufacturing equipment it's like a whole thing so I'm learning about like farmers equipment and all this stuff that I don't understand and when I would call especially when I started having the idea of this brand, I was 25 and I'm calling, I have a really soft voice as well. So, and I don't know, the way I speak is kind of like chill. And I think the way I come off as a woman, they're just like, you're not serious. This is a dumb idea. Whereas like if a young man calls, it's like they're a visionary. Mm -hmm. So I literally had like hired um, just for a project, but like someone to help an ops consultant helped me find that manufacturing because he would literally call and do the intros and then I would talk, but they wouldn't take me seriously until like a man called, which is so insane. And I feel like women too, like we're just so buttoned up in a way. It's great. Cause like, I mean, I love being a woman. There's a lot of benefits, but, um, girl power. Yes. But <laughs> like everything, I think I've, waited to raise money so much longer than some uh male entrepreneurs I know and not saying like there's a lot of great you know businesses run by men out there um and great ideas but like I waited so long and waited till everything's just like has to be so perfect and buttoned up because you're gonna get like asked 10 times more questions than a man and there's gonna be a lot more doubt just because mm -hmm. of your abilities as a female and whether it's conscious or subconscious on the investors or the buy the grocery buyers part um you know you just I've had so many women tell me that have a lot of experience like you're just gonna have to be have so much data and everything really backed up I feel like I'm a lawyer from my brand because <laughs> I'm like this is like I've got like a thesis on so detailed like anything you say I've got like a response for <laughs> which is crazy yeah no because I mean I can imagine yeah, and it's going to dif differ for everything, but there is that, whether it's conscious or subconscious bias, you know, just sort of like imprint from society. And I'm hoping that, you know, I mean, obviously as things are shifting, the 
the new people that step into those roles of right, like investors or buyers, how, whoever they are, like hopefully the people that are soon stepping into those roles is like the new generation will be more open to this idea of like, there's so many female entrepreneurs on the rise. And I mean, they're fucking badasses. Like I admire so many of you guys for just so many different reasons. And, um, and I like what you said there about how like, that being said, there is a lot that like you guys still don't know. I think, you know, when people hear entrepreneur, they automatically think like, you know, everything, you're a wizard, you know, like you're perfect in this field, but it's not, that's not always the case. Like, like you said, you guys go into this with an idea and then, you know, you have that spark to take that idea. (laughs) Oh, Timber. Now he's whimpering at me. Um, He's a big, like 70 pound baby. Um, but yeah, you guys have that, you have that spark. And I think that that's like that drive that motivates you too. Yeah. It's been really, I mean, one of the best treats about starting a business, especially in the food industry where there's such a wide range of ideas and culture, like food is a very personal experience and it is so, you know, intertwined with cultures and um, community. So I've learned so much and met so many interesting people that I would have never met. And even in Chicago, me and another brand started kind of like a female food founders collective where, I mean, we could do more pre pandemic, but like we could just meet because we realized we're all like out there hustling, you know, maybe only a team of one or two and are doing everything and you feel so like alone. And then you realize, um, there's other people going through the same thing and you just needed to like make those connections. Uh, you don't have to act like everything's perfect all the time. Um, it's a crazy ride and there's ups and downs. So you want to have a community there to celebrate the ups and be there for you and help you problem solve or, or even just be like, it's okay. Stop freaking out or not even stop freaking out, like freak out, vent yeah. and move on. Cause you got this. Like, so that was a huge turning point for me too, was realizing like, okay, maybe I can't hire, like, this is like a year ago, I was like, okay, I can't hire someone yet, but there is other people like me, and they really help, and um, we've even done, like, some collaborations together, so that's huge. Yeah, and I, I think another point that that brings up, and probably helps with, too, is then, like, the competitive nature that can come out, right, like, the idea mm-hmm. It seems like no matter what field, everyone's, you know, it's like, it's too saturated. It's too saturated. And it's like, yes, it's full of potential, but there's always like the way to make yourself unique and stand out. And, but it can be easy, I feel, to fall into, you know, whether it's competitive nature or just like the comparison trap. And I think that intentionally making like a community like that is such a wonderful way to remind everyone involved of like, hey, like we're all in our own unique lane and, you know, we can support each other. We can help each other out. And there doesn't have to be that need for comparison or, you know, like that competitive fear that can be, I think, extra driven into us as women. Like we're just so afraid. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, we talk about, I've talked about this so much lately, but, and I'm really conscious of it. Um, Especially, I think, in the pandemic where we are, like, mostly working from home and you just see stuff on social media and that's, like, a way that we're connecting even more, which is 
good that we have that, but also on the flip side, it's like such an easy way to, because people are still going to, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of vulnerability on social media, which is cool, but people are still going to put their best foot forward. And sometimes you're going to be like, oh, why is that brand in this store? And we're not like, we're going to fail. Like, it's like, this is not the case. Like, and you just have these subconscious thoughts of like, oh crap, they're doing that. Like their Amazon page is perfect. And ours isn't like, this is just, why are we doing this? I'm a failure. Like I can't do anything. And that's just like, cannot have that mindset. And I think I used to have that more, but I'm really conscious of it now. Like anytime I'll just be like, man, their product pictures are perfect. Like, and then I'm like, cool. Take a note of it improve ours at some point but we're on our own journey like we all have our you know amazing benefits and competitive advantages and everyone's going through something like with business with personal life so it's just that comparison game is like I'm like no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and I mean I know you mentioned before like you had you know your moments of just anxiety stress and that's something that it can just spiral so quickly out of control if you let yourself get into that like comparison loop and then you have <laughs> some anxiety sprinkled in there and it's just like one big mess. So I I think that is very, very needed. Like, cause yeah, the comparison game usually starts with like, you know, it doesn't make you feel great. And then you're like, why are they doing all this? Like, why did they learn a new language and like it's the body of their life and quarantine and I did it. And now like, and then you're just wasting your time thinking about that and get anxiety and spiral to not even like make any of your own personal progress because you're too busy like being upset that you didn't achieve the same thing as someone else with a completely different scenario and like you know it just doesn't make I mean and you know rationally I'm like it doesn't make any sense but like we all do it and Mm -hmm. I think it's good lately I've been seeing a lot more about it and maybe that is because of the pandemic and like a lot more people are feeling vulnerable and we do have to share it on social um if you know or you know whatever but virtually and I feel like I've been seeing more and more conversations about it or maybe just my own realization of being very conscious of that but um I think it's good that we keep talking about it and helping lift each other up and you can be conscious you can think someone else's stuff is super cool and like damn I wish I want to learn a new language and have a rock and bod. Um, but like, is that really what you want? Or do you just think that's cool? Or if you do want it, that's awesome. You can build your own path towards that. Just like the intention behind it, I think too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, for during your quarantine, you guys, you said that you did launch in Whole Foods, correct? Yes. We launched into the Midwest region, our little bucks sprouted buckwheat crunch line. So we launched into the granola section and, and like, even that's really funny because we're the first sprouted buckwheat brand in the U S. Um, and we launched during literally the most chaotic, chaotic time in grocery store history, like could not be more chaotic. And like, so stores, I was just doing runs to like, I went to like eight whole foods yesterday and it's still like months and months later, like some stores have us in lentils and some stores have us in oatmeal, which is misleading because then people think they have to cook the seeds, but they don't. Um, some people have us in superfoods, which makes sense. And I'm down with that. Um, so it's, it's like such a challenge to like, wow, it's oh my gosh, so cool in your whole foods and we're stoked to be in whole foods and it's been here. Like, you know, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's a dream as a someone who founded the brand to be like oh cool one day I want to be in Whole Foods but even then it's like we're in Whole Foods but now there's like all these problems like calling every store every week like 56 stores in the Midwest we're calling and making sure it's in the right spot like each individual store is in their own pandemic journey of craziness with the buyers and the managers so um you know it's a whole new challenge so I that gives me anxiety even thinking about it. <laughs> yeah it was insane um and then we launched our second product line cluster bucks which we were supposed to launch at expo west mm-hmm. um which is our snacking product and we just launched that in april but it's actually doing super well so it's a blessing um to see almost that our snacking product without because with little bucks we had almost two years of being able to like be at events and in person and sampling and build up like the Mm -hmm. awareness. So I was nervous about launching a new product line, but, uh, it's people seem to be like, I mean, we can't keep up. It goes straight from dehydrator to like palette to ship out. It's insane. So that's a good problem to have. And I'm grateful that, you know, it really showed us like, okay, this is going to do well because if it's doing well and, nobody like we couldn't do anything in terms of marketing in person Mm -hmm. and people are still buying it so we like that (laughs) yeah no that's that's a definitely a good sign and I guess you know for anyone that's maybe new to the brand or they haven't tried your cluster box or whichever it is like I guess could you just give sort of like your description of like what little bucks are like the OG and then like the new cluster box just so people can get an idea because I know like I, I was, you guys, you know, we're going to send me some to try and I've been meaning to try for a while, but I'm transitioning move. It's been a month long process. Or are we waiting to send? Yeah, we're waiting until I actually have a home address. (laughs) But that's fair. Yeah. But I mean, you know, otherwise besides that, like, and before I really looked at you guys' site, like I had no clue what like buckwheat was, what anything was like the buckwheat seeds. So could you just give like kind of paint a picture for people of what this is like texture, flavor, however it is, just so people can get like a good idea about what it is we're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So all our products are made, the base of all products is sprouted buckwheat seeds. And technically sprouted buckwheat seeds are fruit seeds more closely related to rhubarb and strawberries than yeah. actual wheat. So there's a big, big education hurdle with buckwheat in general because it's not a wheat. Um, so whoever named that, thank you so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that's why with Lil Bucks, we like dropped the wheat trying to that's read genius. how we think about buckwheat. Yeah. Because um, it's gluten so, yeah. free, right? Because it, yeah, it's entirely wheat free. So it's a great, and it's always been, I mean, in the gluten-free world, it is known as a good gluten-free alternative, but um, it's like you're seeing a grains or granola, but um, it's because it's grain-free. So it's grain-free, gluten-free, buckwheat seeds, like a serving of buckwheat seeds on its own. Um, It has to be sprouted or cooked, buckwheat seeds, raw buckwheat, um, otherwise you don't absorb the nutrients. So that's like traditionally in the U.S., um, buckwheat has been consumed as kasha which is an eastern european russian dish so actually eastern europeans if they would ever see me at events there's a big eastern european population in chicago they'd be so excited because they're like i grew up on buckwheat but like we never ate it like this because <laughs> they'd have it cooked into a, a porridge consistency um 
or it's baked into a bread. Like you might've had buckwheat pancakes or mm -hmm. buckwheat bread, which is super dense. Um, so yeah, the Aussies are sprouting and dehydrating it. So the sprouting unlocks the nutrients, which my favorite are in a serving of buckwheat, six grams of protein, five grams of fiber. And the proteins complete amino acid protein. Um, fiber, uh, some studies say 10 times more antioxidants than quinoa. We're trying to get that officially tested soon on our own, but particularly buckwheat's known for heart health. So high in rutin, which is an antioxidant that helps manage your blood sugar levels. Um, so really all these insane, oh, Thai magnesium, 25% of your daily value of magnesium just naturally from buckwheat, um, which I've even been trying to find like a 50% magnesium supplement because I love magnesium, but I'm like, I eat plenty of buckwheat. So anyways, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's like the seed itself, amazing benefits, but then it has like this green like crunch. So oftentimes it's compared to um, amaranth or quinoa or teff because of all the uses it has and the you know health benefits but buckwheat seeds sprouted buckwheat seeds can be eaten like a granola so my first use for it was always like granola topping smoothies yogurt oatmeal um even toast and then the plain seeds um a few restaurants in chicago actually use on their salads oh. um but then i started making the flavors so we have cacao matcha and actually, by the time this airs, so I'm just going to say it because we're launching a new flavor in a week. It's cinnamon. Yay. So good. Um, I'll have to send you some of that too. But um, so those are mostly eaten as a um, grain-free granola or even coinciding with granola because it just adds a different crunch than maybe, you know, a soft-baked granola. Mm -hmm. um so usually added on yogurt smoothies toast all that um ice cream even and then the cluster bucks are adaptogenic buckwheat clusters so I just wanted to make something that could be more eaten on its own mm -hmm. uh on the go and also just bring in more people to the buckwheat world in a format they're more familiar with I think with our sprouted buckwheat crunch people that are looking for new superfoods and are interested in like reading and learning about like they like to read the labels and um kind of like try the next cool thing it's great but for a lot of people it's kind of overwhelming like what is this weird healthy food um so putting it in a snack clustered form people are like great this is cool oh it's made from buckwheat oh there's all these health benefits it's a different path um that i think works for a lot of americans and we also put adaptogens in those so putting like a full serving of um, reishi per serving of cluster bucks and the chocolate ones, full serving of ashwagandha and the turmeric lemon myrtle ones. Um, and we have a new flavor coming soon with another one of my favorite adaptogens that I mentioned earlier. So that's the hint, but, <laughs> but they're I delightful. Love <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, that cinnamon one, I'm just imagining now I've been on a big, like, pumpkin spice smoothie bowl kick and I'm just imagining oh my gosh. the cinnamon pumpkin spice like mm. I know I'm sad I didn't get any of that because that is an ideal combo but it's like because I sprinkle cinnamon on everything so it's like yeah. you're sprinkling cinnamon on stuff but it has a crunch as well it's like two birds with one stone you've got the crunch exactly. and the flavor I love yeah that. cluster bucks what's neat is that 
I personally, like when it comes to granola, it has to have cluster. It has to have the big chunks like that. Exactly. So I love that idea with the cluster box. Like I think, yeah, as far as like snacking goes or certain ways you're going to eat it, that would just work better than the like OG type. So that is so neat. I'm, oh. Yeah, I make a smoothie bowl pretty much every day and I do like outer little rim of cluster box and then like sprinkle some little bucks for like a smaller crunch. So there's like the big cluster crunch and the smaller seed crunch um, and then like usually some of that butter to make it basically a treat. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> But it's so good. Yeah, the cluster bucks, they also have like coconut flakes, pumpkin seeds, flax seed. Okay. Um, as kind of like the base. Huge fan. I can't wait for you to try that. <laughs> I'm, I'm beyond excited. I had a few close friends and they're like, you're going to, I mentioned you guys are coming on and they're like, oh, you're going to love it. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, such an honor. I yes. love it. <laughs> my brand has preceded me. Yes, it has. <laughs> it's growing. <laughs> That's, oh. that's cool. Well, where can people find, buy, learn more about you guys? I'm sure if they have, I mean, after listening to this, I know I would be like, where can I buy these? So let's give them <laughs> all the sources for that. Definitely. Um, if you're in the Midwest, obviously Whole Foods, uh, big fans. If you're in Los Angeles, Air One, love that store. Oh, I, um, yeah, I could live there. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then, yeah, like there's, you know, our store locator, like a smattering of other natural health places around the U S but the easiest way is our website, of course, love lilbucks.com. Lilbucks was taken. So love lilbucks because we love them. And then our Instagram as well as at love lilbucks. Um, and that's actually like a nice place to go. Cause you can see, like, I feel like sometimes once you see it, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. You can see a wide variety of uses and um while I was trying to like repost everyone gets like more creative than me because I just eat smoothie bowls every day but <laughs> so it's good to see what people do always brings up new creativity I know I'm like how about we just eat and like so I've had so many people when I get advice they're like you know there's more to this than smoothie bowls I'm like I know I know can't we just eat smoothie bowls honestly 